inside this whip. He rained out his burner. Mama looking at me, crying. She asking when they can stop the murder. Till when did they first stop burning? Till there was no more hurdles. Pop green up, no kernels. This lean designer, no Virgil. No Tesla, I'm a mega pilot. They told my homie, so I got a break of silence. Welcome back, man. It's another episode of the All Hustle No Look podcast, man. Snowy days, end of December, New Year's approaching. Um, good basketball. I don't know if it's good basketball, but basketball has just been played, so we're going to get into all of that. Unfortunately, we're without Kev today's a late game stretch. Um, make sure you guys send your get well wishes to him shortly. Um, he will be back for the next episode. We've got a real interesting topic we're going to dig into. But for now, it's just me and Chris holding down the fort. Um, a lot of things to talk about, but I think let's let's narrow it down, right? Like, I don't think we need to get into everything related to basketball right now because there's a lot going on, but there isn't a lot going on, if, if you know what I mean. So I think today we're only going to talk about, um, we're going to dig into some all-star stuff with the all-star voting recently opening on Christmas Day. And then we could just get into what happened on Christmas Day in terms of the games, teams, players, events, anything like that. But before we start off too deep, Chris, what have you been saying? What have you been up to, man? Yeah, man, I've been here still. Um, first off, you know, happy holidays to the man them out there that celebrate the thing. Um, and yeah, we're here still. Kev was a late game addition to the injury report. Betters are cheesed, but we move. Um, yeah, we're here still. Let's get it. Yeah, let's dig into it, man. Um, so let's start off, right? Christmas Day happened. Let me provide a little context. Everybody knows that Christmas is owned by the NBA, right, in terms of sports, right? Everybody goes with their family. They get together, whatever the occasion is. Um, even if you're not actively watching it, it's usually what's on in the background, right, from from noon straight back until it's time to go home. So um, I look forward to the Christmas games, right? And I think the NBA also does a conscious effort of making sure that they're putting rivalries or the best matches possible on Christmas Day to make it as engaging as possible. But every year, you know, they throw in a little curveball here and there. You know, a team that might not necessarily deserve this Christmas game, but they'll throw it in there just, you know, because they think they might have like a hype prospect or they might have done well last season and so on and so forth. And sometimes it comes back to bite them. So right off the rip, you could tell it bit them this year because they had the Knicks and the Hawks, which was a pitiful game. Pitiful, pitiful, pitiful. Um, Knicks are playing like hot garbage and then the Hawks are decimated. So Trey Young was absent along with a lot of their starting lineup. And then you just had the, the ragtag Knicks beating them up, finishing 101-87, right? Um, I guess we'll do game by game. We have to go too deep into it. But just generally, what were your thoughts on this game? Because when I was watching it, I was I was bored. It was in the middle of the day. I was sipping my tea. I had matters in my eye. <laughs> and I'm there watching Julius Randle take the Hawks on one-on-one. And it, was just, it wasn't good basketball. It wasn't entertaining basketball. What do you think? Yeah, honestly, it wasn't necessarily... I can see, like, obviously you can see the thinking behind this game. Um, they just came off of a very exciting series in the playoffs. Um, and it was back in Madison Square Garden where Trey Young has become the modern-day Reggie one. Miller. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he's become the modern-day Reggie Miller, the 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 hate of, of Madison Square Garden. And obviously that's, that's good for business. Like, you anticipate... Um, you know, eyes pulling up to that game. The issue is this year, COVID has ruined everything, and it's it's crazy because I would I would want to believe, right? And this is a whole other beef that I have with with, with what Adam Silver is doing in, in the sense of vaccinated players, people 
asking players to get booster shots and then letting them sit out anyways. But that's a whole different discussion. But the fact that you have a guy like Trey Young sitting out, unless he's ace, unless he's not asymptomatic, unless he's actually showing symptoms, they drop the ball, bro. Because I promise you, whatever eyes that was going to watch that game, because it was turned on, you know what I'm saying? We're going to turn it on. But did it remain on? That's that's the the question, and I don't have the the viewership in front of me, but I'm sure, I'm sure I can only talk from my household. I was in two households on Christmas. Don't snitch on me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I was in two households on Christmas, you know what I'm saying? At my girl's crib and then at my my mom's crib. And my girl's crib, the game went on, it came off, and my mom's crib game never touched the TV. Why? Because they were down twenty. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants to watch Delon Wright against Julius Randle. That's not what we're here for. I understand that Kemba Walker <laughs> got his triple-double. All power to you. I respect that. But that don't mean that I have to sit down and watch you drop a Jason Kidd S 10, 10, and 11. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, they dropped the ball, bro. They should have had Trey Young out there. They should have done... Listen, this is what I'm saying. It's different between the NBA and the NFL. Because the NFL was not going to ruin their Thanksgiving. You know what I'm saying? That the NFL values Thanksgiving the same way the NBA values thang, uh, value uh, cr- Christmas games, and I promise you, they're getting their man to mount during the NFL. But I think I think there's an important point to consider here. I think the NBA doesn't want to be the first to do something like that. I think they were, they're waiting for you, someone you else. You can to tell that price. they don't want to be the first, but for me, it's like, bro, like you need to everything that they're doing in terms of their their response to COVID has been. After someone else takes a leap out there. And he said it himself. He said, Malika Andrews asked him on the ABC when he pulled up to the drum. Or the NBA show, whatever it's called now. Because they got rid of that shortly, Rachel Nichols. But they asked him the question and said, yo, are you going to allow people to play if they are asymptomatic? And he says, well, we're waiting to see what other leagues do. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What do you mean? Why are you waiting to see what other leagues do? Why can't you take the forefront? But you, you see, have I these think I, boosted up. No, but I think I, I understand what you're saying, but I think it's different because, again, something like the NFL, they're able to make decisions like that just sheer because of the frequency of play. They play once a week. So if you need, you need to push through and, you know, bend the rules a little bit, it's cool because it's an event. NBA football, sorry, NFL football is an event in the, in the States, right? Like it, it is almost like a religion in some parts of the States. I understand that, but it's also an event. It happens once a week. You get together, it's tailgating. There's much more tied to it, but it's also a singular event once a week. NBA is running throughout the course of the week, so I understand when he's saying that you can't make any haphazard decisions because at the end of the day, it's going to have longer-lasting effects in this sport than it would in others, right? Football, they'll push through, but again, it's a singular event once a week, right? Hockey is on the same timeline as basketball, but you see how they're moving, <laughs> They're pausing gameplay. Yeah, they're pausing games. They're not. They're not taking any risks. They're pausing gameplay. No domestic. No, no international no, but, travel. But, but, none but, of that. But, but that's different though, because they have multiple teams in Canada, and you already know Canada's moving like socialism out here with the COVID. I get that, so but my point is, is again, when you make the comparison across sports, it's not always equal. So the NBA has to also understand that yes, we can look at other sports and say we're gonna wait for them to make a decision, see how it impacts them, and then extrapolate that by whatever we want to to our game. Because, again, what other sport right now that's as prevalent as basketball is going to be able to say that, yeah, we play four, five, six, seven, eight times a week, how many games are in a week, and we're just going to push through it. It, it. It's a difficult situation. You can't compare it to football. <laughs> Football's a singular event once a week. 
I guess, but I just don't like the the thinking that you're going to wait for other leagues to see what they do before you make a move. To me, it's like you need to take the forefront on this, especially you guys didn't wait for any other league to shut down before shutting down the league when this whole start, this this whole thing started a year and a half ago or two years. No, that's not true. Hockey, hockey, hockey. Uh, no, NBA. no, the NBA shut down first. I promise I, you. I bro. know they I shut down you. first, but then so, we also but they had, didn't wait on that. No, but they also had reports that the commissioners were sitting down. Like the MLSC, MLSC commissioner sat down and they put out all I know, to the all to I know is, teams. Bro, it, I, all I know is the NBA was the first major league to shut doors. That's what I know. I get that. So I if you that. if you felt like you were empowered enough to make that decision and have everybody else follow up behind you, all I'm saying is I don't understand why now, but also, a year on, and a half, two years later, you're telling me that you have to sit and wait for other leagues to see what they but do. I don't you see. I think you're mis- misconstruing the point. I think first of all, the the nature of the way that we the NBA got introduced to COVID was different from others. They got mid-game, a man tested positive, was goofing around, and they had to shut it down literally mid-game. And then they made the prolonged decision to shut it down. That's one point. Secondly, again, we can't make comparisons, right? The NBA is a bigger product than the NHL, and it's a lesser product than the NFL, but it's also a different type of game. So there's similarities, but there's also differences. So I understand if Adam Silver wants to be a little bit relaxed. So if that's the case, why are you waiting on them? I'll wait on who? Why are you waiting on anyone? If that's the case, why don't you make a decision for your league because your league is one in itself? Because I think I think the real repercussions of him acting, I think him being on the forefront. I understand, like you want your league to be, you know, a but no, 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 but fam, but fam. If 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 the leagues are different, if you're telling me that we can't compare, then why is he comparing? I don't think he's comparing. I think he's he waiting to see an outcome. I don't think he's comparing. If, if you're waiting on another, if, if you're waiting on someone else and their situation cannot be equated back to you. You waiting on them is foolishness. Then I don't. I don't think it's one, it's one or the other. It's either we can it's... equate the two, or you can. And if you can, why are you waiting? I don't think you can equate the two, but I don't think comparing is the right word either. I think what he's trying to determine is how much of an impact will this actually have, right? Because again, he's not comparing to the NFL because clearly they're pushing through, and I don't think he's comparing to the NHL. I just think he wants to see how those guys are going to play out and whether or not it's going to actually be advantageous for him to do what he thinks his plan is. Is set so to he's do. waiting. So he's waiting to see. Exactly. I think so he had. I'm, I'm gonna say this. I think he has a plan. I just don't think whether or not he knows whether or not the plan's gonna be successful. So he needs to weigh the outcomes first. And he might have just said that as a, as a cliche to say, okay, yeah, I need time, right? That's what I really think it is. Because for me to think down there and think that the NBA commissioner is sitting down there waiting on other teams or waiting on other leagues is foolishness. Because again, we can't compare. And he's been on record saying that before. So I think it's a matter of he has a plan. He just needs time to figure out whether or not the plan is actually going to be feasible. <clears throat> well, we, we came off a topic, but hey, that's how it goes. It's neither here but, nor there, but we'll see. But um, yeah, so yeah, they lost the Christmas Day game, bro. But it is what it is. But like moving to the next one. <sighs> the Celtics are dog shit, man. And I'm realizing, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let me start off here. First of all. The Bucks are one are, are striking me as one of those teams. They're they're really really equipped for the playoffs. So they they can turn it off and on. And Giannis is unstoppable. Like you just can't stop him. Even when he's not scoring the ball well or efficiently, he's still impacting the game. Let me just go back to the Celtics. And I know we talk about the Celtics a lot in the pod. So let me just keep it short and sweet. They got to make a decision. They have to make a decision. Jason Tatum. As much as I want to say he's an offensive engine or can be the engine of an offense, he's not though. He's not. Not. He's not the. He's not the engine that it requires, like we see with other 
types of like heliocentric players. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not, and that's what I, when I was saying, I have an issue with saying that he's a solidified top 10 player is because of the passing. But yes, you need the passing because the thing is with Jason Tatum, right? He's not explosive enough or enough of an athlete to say that he's going to be creating easy or effective shots for himself. So when he's off, he's off because everything he does is hard. And and I remember one time you said that as well, but in, in watching him a lot as well, like he does not create enough it's space, no easy buckets. nothing like he doesn't create enough space. He doesn't have the athleticism necessary to do it. He's not fast or quick enough. His handle isn't that tight to where he's going to be, you know, using it to, you know, open up like everything is contested. And then his passing isn't, like, obviously he's gotten better with that. But it isn't at the space or area you need it to be to where you're drawing double teams and then kicking. And yes, you can say, oh, he doesn't have teammates, but I've seen niggas do it with less, bro. So I don't want to hear that. Like, I've seen mans do it with complete less. Mans were just telling me how bad the, the Dallas supporting cast were. It's horrible. It's, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? I, I saw Trey Young do, do it when in in his I think it, what was his second or third year when he before he had you know Capella and everything like that he was still dropping his ten assists a game still being the engine yes it wasn't amounting to wins but we understand that he was the engine and that offense was humming at a t- top ten pace so for me it's like Jason Tatum isn't good enough to where I can say. I'm just going to give him the ball the way that they do and tell him to go and then we'll figure it out. Wait, here's my problem with Jason Tatum. And I agree with everything that you said. But I think the problem is, is you, you, knocked, you, you touched on a few points that I'm going to elaborate on. First of all, he's, his athleticism isn't as great as I thought it was. Yes, he's a big wing, but he's a big wing. But in comparison to his peers, he's underdeveloped in terms of his athleticism because he can't go to the rim. He goes up to the rim and it's soft like pudding. And again, with these rule changes, it's probably affecting him a little bit more than others. He's not getting the calls, but everything is finesse. There's no power. There's no strength. There's no athleticism. He's not blowing by guys. He doesn't have that as part of his game. So again, everything is a finesse game, and you knocked it right on the head. Everything's contested. Even when he's in isolation, you would think he's a great isolation sort because it looks really good, but he's not that efficient in isolation because again, everything is contested. If it's not a step back, it's a sidestep. It's a turnaround, Jay. These are not easy shots. When they fall, they fall. When they don't, it looks horrible. Right And I, again, this goes back to my point about Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown, I don't think he's a better player, but I think he's a better player to have in an offense because even when Tatum's doing his thing and, you know, soaking up seven, eight, nine seconds on the shot clock to do whatever he needs to do, Jalen Brown can score early in the shot clock, can score without the ball, can score with the ball, is a better passer, has been playing better defense this season, and just looks at one of those guys you can throw in any offense and he'll come out of, out of the woodworks at 20 points. And you're like, when did you even touch the ball? Like, you know what I mean? You know those guys? Yeah, but and, and that's because of the role he plays. But but that's what I'm saying. Even if he was in a role, I still believe that if, for instance, if I think we swapped um, our ideas of Tatum and, and Brown being the one and two, I think even if Jalen was the one, he's still the type of player where he may not necessarily need 15 touches to still make a great impact on the game. Like he, I think he can walk out with a 24 a game, and it's not like he's taken away from anybody else's buckets. I think Jason Tatum is literally... I don't want to say dragging down because I think that kind of delimits what he's doing, but I think he's putting a, a a burden on the offense with the way that he has to score. And yes, when he's dropping those buckets and averaging 31 in a week and winning player of the week, it looks fantastic. But when he's going through a slump, it really looks bad. 
Yeah, he, th- and that's the issue. Like, when he's, and the thing is, like, it's crazy because if you look at his numbers, his free throw, his free throw rate has has gone up. So it's not necessarily a case where he's not getting to the line to help out that field goal percentage. It's just that he's just taking some dickhead shots. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not hitting. He's just not hitting. The shots that he's taking are not efficient. There's been too many times in this year where he started the year going off in a slump. He came on over a three-week span where he's like, okay, it looks like Jason Tatum is rounding back in the form. And here we are again. Here we are again. He's shooting 34% over the last week. It, we're back. We're right back. So it's like, I don't know what they need to do, but it's like to say that you're going to break up. These guys are supposed to be the next Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And in many ways, you still see it. Like you can still see the remnants of where this can be. But the issue is now is that, and this is what I'm always saying, like, man's become untradeable until they are untradeable, right? And I'm not saying that either of which will be untradeable. What I'm saying is when they started off with this project, we heard that these were the centerpieces, right? These were the people that were supposed to raise the Celtics up. They made it to multiple conference finals. Both of them showed promise. Both of them are making, you know, uh, Jalen Brown is now making an all-star team. Jason Tatum was always making it or made a couple more before uh, Jalen Brown. And here we are now. This was supposed to be the year when it all came to fruition. You got everything out. You cleared the deck. All right, Kyrie was the issue. Kyrie's gone. Kemba was the issue. Kemba's gone. We're bringing back Al Horford because he's a locker, he's a locker room guy. You know what I'm saying? And now here we are again. So for me, it's like, I'm not going to say that they absolutely have to blow it up, but I will say that if a deal comes, it will be disingenuous on their part for not actually saying, okay, we're going to look into this now. We're going to see what we can get for either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. I don't agree with the prospect of just saying that Jalen Brown has to be the one to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you can that's get what I'm saying. Deal, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's clear cut I, like that. Yeah, I don't think it's clear cut like that. And that's how people are speaking about the issue. I think that if you, you have to look at both scenarios, because I do believe that Jalen Brown is incredibly, incredibly talented. Jason Tatum has gotten the label of superstar already. So for him, it's just, oh, he's struggling. But for me, I'm looking at both options. And I'm going <laughs> to see what is going to get me the best return. Yeah. And what is going to make me the best team in my mind but it's clear that nah something has to change something has to change um i agree i agree and i think it i think brad stevens knows that he knows the players and the and the roster construction better than anybody else because he coached it and is now responsible for cultivating the roster so i think this offseason the celtics are going to be in for some 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 shakeups. but let's move forward because we got a couple other teams we want to talk about on christmas day I don't know if you want to dig in too deep to the Warriors. Um, they beat the Suns 116-107. And honestly, I think I think this is one of those things where we have to really appreciate what we're watching because that was a good game. That um, was a great game. It was a good game. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed that, that game. That lived up to the billing stone. Exactly. And I, again, the outcome was as expected. I don't think anybody was really pegging Phoenix to blow them out. If anything, it was always going to be a close game. And Golden State ended up pulling it out. But one thing I will say is that Curry, obviously Curry's Curry. I want to, like, okay, hear me out, because this is not wild. Phoenix, they're playing well, whatever. They, they didn't have Booker, whatever. Cool. They had Booker. Booker came back? Yeah. 
Okay, maybe I'm thinking about the wrong game then. Oh, he must have came back. Oh, yeah, he did come back. Oh, yeah, he was non-existent. 13 points, that's why. My bad. <laughs> uh, I want to know what this team looks like when Klay Thompson comes back. Because here's my point. And this is going to sound wild. I haven't seen Klay Thompson play basketball in about three years. I remember I was watching a game, and they said it was something like 900 days that he hasn't played an NBA basketball game. So I just want to calm the critics and say, okay, like understand that this guy is coming off a torn knee and torn Achilles. And was never really that athletic to begin with. So what what is what is Clay coming back and providing to the team? Yes, I understand the shooting will probably be there, but is he going to be able to run around screens all day like he used to? Uh, I don't know. Is he gonna be able well, to? He was guard? never really. He was never really running around like that. No, like, he wasn't running around, but he was mobile. Like he was. I'm not going to say he was Rip Hamilton, where you, you know he's running in that damn cross country meet out there, but yeah. he was getting. He was getting. He wasn't doing it off the ball. Like he was cutting around screens, and he was getting open. And, yeah, part of that's due to the offense. The offense was equipped for him to do that. But now with him not necessarily being the version of himself that I think he's going to be, what is he going to provide? Right? Like, he's gonna, is he going to be able to run around screens? Is he going to be able to guard two and threes? Like, what, what is he going to bring to this team other than spot-up shooting? Like, that's, and that's a valid question. And people look at me like I'm, you know, chastising him or I'm, I'm, I'm taken away from Clay Thompson that we all knew. But it's like that Clay Thompson was three years ago. So, like, what is this version of Clay Thompson going to look like? I understand the apprehension, but for me, it's like, for certain players, you give them the benefit of the doubt, right? And I'm not saying that you give Clay the benefit of the doubt to get back right to where he is, but I would equate it back over to what Kevin Durant, right? And yes, I understand that Kevin Durant, for me, it's like we really have to look into whether or not he even had an Achilles tear in the first place, because he's came back and he's better than he was when he left, right? But for me, it's like modern medicine, number one, has done wonders. And we can see that, right? Number two, the type of player that Clay Thompson is, this is a man that does nine dribbles and gets you 60 buckets, right? So off of the strength of that alone, and as you said, he's it's not like he's out there doing Rip Hamilton or Stephen Curry cross-country meets. His coming off of screen actions are so easy, Right, because his are you have Draymond, you have Steph, and you have Clay all on the same side of the court, right? And it's Draymond picking which one of the mans that can get the ball away in less than a second <laughs> he's going to pass the ball to. So when they're both screening each other, and one comes off the top, one goes on the bottom of the screen, and Draymond just says, "All right, you're getting the ball," and Clay releases that bitch in zero point four seconds. What? Where's the effort in that? But I guess my you know, here's my like, thing, though, Chris. Here's my thing. What are you doing in points? How, that's how Clay plays. But what are you doing in terms of stats, like actual stat lines? Because I'm not but denying fam, he can go out there and be a distraction. But what do you do? What is he putting up? No, I think he'll put up his stats. I'm not going to say that he's going to get to his 18 or his 20 a game like how he was when he was prime. But I truly do believe that he can get to a 14 a game. He can oh, get okay. to a, so we're on the same he get to a 14 or 15 a game and do it do it effectively. My so whole issue with Clay has nothing to do with his offense, honestly, because his jump shot is his jump shot. You know, like if his legs are there, obviously it's going to take him some time to get his legs under him when he first comes, right? Just to get the feel of it again. But once he gets that feel again, his he doesn't he's not a, a, a one of those you know high jump jump shooters. He pretty much has a set shot. So it's like, for me, I don't anticipate him coming back having to, you know, struggle too too much. My whole thing is the defensive aspect. This guy was an all-defensive player, you know, making first, second-team all-defense teams. I don't anticipate that happening anymore. 
primarily because of the injury, but also the man is very old now. He's like, what, 30, 31. So I don't see him saying that you're going to give him the best assignments like how you used to. But luckily for them, a guy like Andrew Wiggins is out here doing it, doing it. (laughs) You have a guy like Andrew Wiggins that's doing it every night, every single night. This is when we have to give a guy like Andrew his flowers. He's doing it every night. You have a guy like Draymond that's doing it every night. Even Steph Curry has gotten better on the defensive end. So I don't anticipate Clay being a complete negative, right? But I also don't anticipate him being a complete positive. So if he's net neutral, right? Because a guy like Jordan Poole is net neutral, would you say, or even a slightly below neutral, and they're okay. But that's all I was saying, though, Chris. <laughs> so it's like, like the way people are talking about Clay Thompson, it's not the same. They're talking about Clay Thompson like he's going to come in there and, and put the put the pin in the in, in the championship. Nah, they're talking about, but he is the pin in that championship. You I know don't why? Think because so. this team, this team has so much already. I looked at that Christmas game and I left that. I I walked away from the Christmas game saying this Warriors team is ridiculous because you have a guy like. Otto Porter dropping 12 points in the fourth quarter to win you a game. Might as well have told me, might as well have said that Otto Porter is completely washed. He's hooping this year. Why? Because the offense is flowing, bro. It doesn't take much when you have a guy like Steph Curry shooting from where he's shooting from, Draymond Green getting you the ball in the optimal position, and shooters everywhere around you. The offense is just too wide open. It, everything is working. You have a guy like Gary Payton dropping buckets, slashing to the rim at, like he's 6'9", 6'10". Why <laughs> is that happening? Slapping the that, rim. Fam, why is that happening? It's just so wide open, bro. Everything is just humming. And for me, it's like this team, they they missed 18 points from, from Jordan Poole a game. They missed 18 points from Andrew Wiggins a game. These are big buckets. Big buckets. And the team, you wouldn't tell me that. A man would, it's almost like you have to remind yourself that, oh, yeah, Jordan Poole is really dropping all those points and he's not here. Andrew Wiggins is dropping all those points and he's not here. And the team looks like they haven't missed a beat. It's just, oh, yeah, we're losing Andrew. We don't have Andrew or we don't have Poole. What other team can say that? I, I get what that. Other te- I what get other that. team is missing that. that type of production and you literally say it as if it's an afterthought? Because the team Warriors, as you said, are still expected to win. Why? So if you're telling me that you're going to have all of that and now you're going to toss in the Klay Thompson, if Klay Thompson is even 40% of what he was, even 40% with all, assuming that everything else stays as is, that team is ridiculous, bro. I'm not denying that. I just can't say that a net neutral is going to make the pin. I thought that the pin was there before or after. Like, God, hey, Jason Tatum just entered the protocols. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. Yo, Adam <laughs> Silver, fix up the league, fam. <laughs> fix up the league. Everybody, it's like everybody has to go in. It's like, you know, it's oh a right my of passage. God. Yo, bro, it's, it's, it's literally one of those things where it's like, almost like you just want your players to get in now. To hopefully have them later. But take this in. The craziest part is that you can go in and not get COVID. Mask can just go in and go in again and go in again and go in again and go in again. This one man to fix up the league, bro. I'm trying not to cuss on the thing because, you know, <laughs> shout out Candace. She's trying to play for the school kids and all. We respect the next generation. We want you guys to, you know, rate what we're doing over here and come up. So I'm going to fix up the talks, but fix up the league, Adam Silver. God damn. <laughs> We'll see. Um, last two games, obviously, we had the Brooklyn Nets beating the Lakers 115 to 122. 
And then you had the Mavericks. I'm not even going to speak about the Mavericks Jazz because that game was boring as hell. No Luka and the Jazz is Who up. even watched that? I want someone to tell me who watched that. I watched the first half, but I ain't watched a damn dribble of that game, bro. I almost fell asleep. I'm not going to lie to you. I did not watch a damn dribble of that game still. <laughs> not a dribble, bro. It, it was boring because it's like without without I, I without, without Luca, there's what? nothing going for Dallas. There's nothing for me to watch Dallas for, man. There's nothing going on in that team. Nothing, nothing. But anyways, let's get back to the Lakers Nets. Your boy Russell Westbrook, man. I don't know. He's not my boy. He's don't, don't say I that. I don't know, man. I take offense. <laughs> I take offense because I said it from the very beginning. I said it from the very beginning. From when I saw Bojack. I.e. Buddy Hield, you know Jamaicans don't really say that word for no foolish man. You know what I'm saying, I Bojack when Bojack pulled up, I said championship. Then they got pulled under my rug, fam, and then I saw Russell Westbrook, and I said, wait, it's merch over rings. I said that. That was the first thing I said when the report came out. It is merch over rings. We got some boys talking about. Oh, the days when Russell, the days when LeBron James can't play Russell Westbrook, the days when AD can't play Russell Westbrook. All right, we've seen it. We've seen it without LeBron, and now we're seeing it without AD. And what are we seeing? What are we seeing? His name is in trade rumors now. Who is going to be the fool, bro? It's fool me once. Now, who are you going to be able to fool twice, bro? <laughs> Which man in the league are you going to be able to fool twice to take on Russell Westbrook? You're, you're you're stuck. You're stuck. You're you're the dummy, bro. You're the dummy. This. Let me say this, because I watched this game from start to finish. So let me just say this. I think the problem that the Lakers have right now, right? And I know we talk about the Lakers a lot, so I don't want to, I don't want to beat a dead horse. But the problem is, is it's like Russell has a style of play, and no matter where he's gone, for whatever reason, the GMs always think that he's going to be able to change his game. He didn't change it in Houston, and they had semi-success. He didn't change it when he went to Washington. They barely made the playoffs, and now he's not changing the Lakers. Russell Westbrook is going to play his style of basketball, and it's not conducive towards winning basketball. I think he that's already said. Thing. He already said who's talk, who's telling me about, uh, about about turnovers. He said fuck them turnovers. But the thing Excuse about it language. is, like that's what he said first. He the, said fuck them turnovers. The thing about it is with the turnovers. Talk to me about those turnovers. The thing about the turnovers is, is like it's not even like in-game natural live ball turnovers. He's doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result. How many times are you going to drive to the lane, run by the guy, realize that nobody's in, nobody's going to get open, and do a jump pass behind you to nobody? He does that twice a game. Two turnovers a game, you can, you can bank on him driving to the lane and doing a jump pass to pass to someone behind him and the ball going out of bounds. So it's just a matter of him not wanting to assimilate. Here's my thing, right? And this would have to be the last time we talk about, similar to Ben Simmons, the last time we talk about this team until something actually changes what forces us to talk about them. But I'm going to say this, right? The notion that Russell Westbrook was a good addition because what if LeBron misses time was always stupid. Because this team is not going to do jack shit if LeBron misses time. So the fact that you're out here making contingencies for a man when he's not there, while you're going to be making this type of move, was always stupid. It was never smart. And now you're living it out. LeBron James is having one of the best stretches in the last three years of his career. He can't stop scoring 30. And it's not just a regular 30. 
I'm talking about 38, 39, 36, 37, 35, 32. This is what the man is doing right now over the last eight, nine games. They're on a losing streak. <laughs> They're on a losing streak with LeBron James putting up LeBron James numbers in year 19. It's like For me, it's like as a LeBron fan, obviously I'm happy that LeBron himself is playing well. But you're going to have the people out there that's going to be saying, if LeBron was really LeBron, why are they losing? And it's like, for me, it's like, how dare you? You have a guy in Anthony Davis who's supposed to be 28 in the prime of his career. Yes, he got hurt. Yes, he got hurt. But that's everything. That's every year. That's every single year. So we can't even say whatever the case is. So yes, he's injured. But what's new? And when he was out there, every single statistical category was going down. Everything was going down, bro. You have Russell Westbrook, and you guys told me that Russell Westbrook is here for these exact reasons. Reasons are here, and he's not doing what I was told he would be able to do. So for me, it's like, this team is, and I said it, bro. I said it, like, a month ago. They're, they're, a, they're a play-in team. And this was when the man was healthy. This is when AD was healthy. So this is not retrospect. You know what I'm saying? When he was healthy, I said they were a playing team. They might miss the playoffs, fam. I don't think they miss the playoffs. So the West they is might really miss the playoffs, bro. The West is too bad for them to miss the playoffs right now. Fam, is it though? Because it's I pulled bad. up, I pulled, I showed, I remember having a conversation with Pat. And we were saying, I was telling him that they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna be a playing or potentially miss the playoff. And then we went to it to see like which teams are, are in the running over there, right? The West is bad. I, I do understand that, which is crazy because the East is actually way better than the West this year. So, at first, we were even saying how Grizzlies are going to definitely fall because this was around the time when Jaw just came out. And Grizzlies showed us that it's they're more than just their one player. You know what I'm saying? Like they, right. have, they have a foundation that they're building on over there that amounts to wins more than Jaw, right? And for that, it's like, me seeing that, I have to double back and be like, I apologize to Trey Young because it's clear that I'm not saying that Trey Young would have been because who knows? Like maybe Trey Young would have been disrupting what they have over there in, on the Grizz, right? But I was always saying, Yo, Trey Young, how you not making playoffs and Jaws making playoffs every year that he's in the league or coming right beside playoffs? So you're all here in thirteenth place, whatever the case is. But whatever. I digress. So now you have, if you look at it, right, you have the Lakers in seventh place under 500 by two games. They're 16 and 18. You have Dallas that are under 500 by two games, right? You have Soda that's under 500 in two games. So out of those three teams, who would you say is the best of the, of the bunch? Lakers. Moving forward. Moving forward. Move, out of Soda, without, Dallas, and Lakers? Move without Anthony Davis. I'm still saying the Lakers because Luca's, Luca's out as well. Fam, I'm saying, but you, Luca, I don't know how much longer he's going to actually be up because this whole COVID thing is. Well no, no, it's not just COVID. His ankle is, is gone. Uh, yes, I, understand. I don't think it's gone. I don't I wouldn't say it's gone. It's gone. They didn't, they didn't say it's, he's gone, bro. If he's crop out, all right, cool. Then then they're in the same it's position. It's so because he said that they weren't sure when he was going to come back. He had the ING tag before COVID. <laughs> all right, so if he's crop out, fine, I hear you. But I would put a healthy Minnesota. Without the whole COVID thing that they're going through right now, I would put them over the Lakers. So for me, it's like only only one of those teams. I mean, only two of those teams are making the playoffs out of that bunch. Well, hold on, hold on. Before you go any further, you could realistically say anywhere from five to ten is wide open. 
Not necessarily because, well, now that Paul George is gone. gone. It's five to ten wide open. So they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to get one of those those spots. Like, you know what I mean? They're going to get one of those spots. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, again, I don't want to overhype what I'm saying because I understand the frustration, but like, plain sighted, I know the Lakers are still going to make the playoffs. Even if it's the seven or the AC, that's cool. My problem with the Lakers is like, what is your agenda here? You put a team together that was supposed to be quote unquote win now. Your win now pieces are either hot garbage or in COVID protocols. And even when they come back, they're not playing to wait. You want them. So you have to make a move now to make sure that you maximize this short window because you don't have any other assets. You don't have anything to build for the future. Your next year's team is probably going to be worse than this iteration's team. So it's either you put all the eggs in the basket right now and you, and you make a decision and say, this is what we're doing, or you have to trade Russell Westbrook and figure out a way to retool because you don't have another window. You're not, tra- you're not trading Russell Westbrook, fam. Well, you, what are you supposed to do? You don't have another window. This is the window. Yeah, so this is, you play it out. You got to no. just hope that you get in. If you're if you're right, you get in. You're gonna go up against Golden State and, and the Suns, and we saw what the Suns did to you last year. Healthy LeBron James or not, the days of LeBron James putting people on their back that can't play or can't play well is over. over. It's over. So I don't want to hear it. But you're I'm gonna, just you're saying, gonna say, oh, is LeBron? Man's gonna say, oh, so LeBron's washed. So there's yes, no, he's there's washed. No way. There's yes, no way. Yes, he's washed. Chris, you're no 19 way. LeBron James is not going to put man's on their back and, and beat a Phoenix team. It's I not get that. Happen. But with that said, there's no way that Rob Palinka goes into Genie Bus office and says, this is the team we're rocking with past trade deadline. There's no way. What what, what's the option? What do you mean, what's the option? I just said the option. You either have to trade a Westbrook or you have to add for some what? people to retool. Um, you can't just say trade we Russell Westbrook as, as easy as that. We say that? For what? We say that? But he's been traded three times in the past X amount of years. And on and top look of at that. The deals. And look at the deals. And look at the deals. You look were, at the deals. Where is the John Wall? Can, we can do John Wall again. Are you going to do that? I'm not doing that, obviously. All right. All right. So, uh, all right. So, then who is going to be the team? To give you what the Lakers gave them to, to trade back. Chris, I understand. I can't give you a definitive team right now, but the, I could. There give is you no a, team. But I'm saying like we would have said the same thing the year past, the, the past two years, the past three Fans. years. Every year we say there's no team. Fans. This guy can't get traded, and no, somehow, no, 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 some no, way, no, 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 they find no. a way to move it. Brother, brother, brother. We said it last year, and it stood up until the Lakers decided to be the fool. Because the Lakers were in a position and they said, yo, but but the Lakers said, yo, honestly, the team that we have now isn't it. KCP, Kuzma, Montrez, those guys aren't it. But you wouldn't have said that about the trade at the time, Chris. That's my point. I said it. Okay, if you said it, general, general <laughs> consensus would not have agreed that the Lakers lost that trade when the trade happened. Come on. Yeah, because the shiny name that is Russell Westbrook. That's why, but, but what okay. I'm, and, and and they and they were able to fool people. That's what I'm saying. Who are you going to fool again? But what I'm saying is, you fool me <laughs> once, shame on me. No, shame on you. Who are you going to fool twice Fam, to say shame on you me? You could have said the same Who's thing about Houston. That team? You could have said the same thing about Houston. You could have said the Fam, same thing about Washington. No, no, that Houston and Russell Westbrook. No, that Houston and Russell Westbrook swap was beneficial for both sides. So that deal, I, I understand that deal because they both had assets that they did not want anymore. So what about the Washington deal? They, they basically deal? said my garbage for your garbage. So what about the Washington deal? The Washington deal was just a bad bad trade for the Lakers. That's it. They, they, they no, missed I'm talking about the Houston-Washington deal. What do you mean? The Houston-Washington deal. The John from, Wall deal. I just, talk, I just said that deal. I said that deal was beneficial for both teams. No, I thought you were talking about the OKC Houston team trade. 
No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying the the the, the John Wall and the Russell Westbrook, the whole, the OKC in the Houston trade where they what they they traded what uh, CP for thing. Mm-hmm. Even that in itself, like CP was looking like he was dead because of the hand. But th- but that's what goes back to my point. Chris. My only point is, I'm not denying the fact that in retrospect that those might be bad deals. But what I'm saying at the time, at the moment, they look like decent trades, and that's what I'm saying. In right now. We may be sitting here saying we can't find a trade partner for West Westbrook, or we may not be able to find a trade partner for the Lakers in general. But come a will or a way, like we've seen every trade deadline or every offseason, somehow these guys that we are quote-unquote labeling as immovable or untouchable get moved. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to sit down here and and cross my fingers and say that Russell Westbrook is not going to get traded because when there's a will, there's a way. We've seen worse things. We've seen stranger things happen in the NBA. So I'm just not putting a peg in it yet because he – there's no way that Rob Pelinka walks into Genie Buss's office and said, this is the team we're going into the playoffs with. There's no way. Not when they're paying that type of luxury tax. Not when they know that LeBron James' window is getting shorter. They're not going to waste a year of LeBron James at year, what, 19, to tell, tell me that we're going to end up in the seventh place and get washed out by the Phoenix Suns or Golden State. There's no way. They got to retool. There's no way. We'll see. So I, I don't see it happening, but hey. Rob Pelinka's too to, smart a man to, jab, to jeopardize the job. I mean, it doesn't matter how uh, he sh- if he was a smart demand that he was, we wouldn't have ever been in this position in the first place. That's, that's have, false because at the time have, everybody was waiting about the Bojack. trade. No, we would have Bojack right there for the taking, shooting the shots, making dropping twenty a game, right there along. Yes, maybe we would have heard that Anthony Davis is out, and now we need somebody. And then the the, the false narrative would have been like, oh, if you had Russell Westbrook, then you would have been able to have these injuries and and move on, but. Now we see that it's not the case. We see that that's false, right? So, we'll see. You know, yeah. We'll see. I don't know. I'm just saying that at the time, people were raving about the trade, and you never know what's possible until it actually happens because, again, we're not in these offices. We don't know what exceptions. We don't understand the rules to the same extent that the GMs do. So don't be surprised if one day you wake up and there's some trade because there's no way that in the winning culture of the Lakers and in the LeBron's year 19 season, that Rob Pelinka walks into the office and says, this is the team we're going into playoffs with, or we're passing the deadline with. It's just, I don't see it happening. But at any rate, um, those are kind of the Christmas games and just kind of a, a heartbeat on the NBA to see exactly what's going on. Again, a lot of things going on in the NBA, a lot of decisions going up. I can't wait because trade deadlines are around the corner. But um, let's, let's pivot a little bit because on Christmas Day, uh, they opened up all-star voting, which is one of my favorite things um, throughout the course of the NBA season. So Chris had a f- little fun activity. We're basically going to go through last year's teams. Uh, I believe, was it 24 players, if I'm not mistaken? Or is it only do 22? No, nah, I think last year, I think it's 20, I think it's 12 each roster. Yeah, 12. So basically... But, but, there, were, but there was a couple more people that were added just because of yeah. injuries, but it was 12 each roster. Yeah. So basically what we're going to do is um, go through who made it last year um, and kind of just <laughs> determine whether they're going to make it again or... Maybe you can throw in some surplace replacements or just talk generally about All-Star and just like the heartbeat in the NBA right now and who deserves a slot. So uh, I'll start off. Uh, Team LeBron last year was Giannis, Steph Curry, Doncic, Jokic, Jalen Brown, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Lillard, Paul, DeMontis, and Ben Simmons. So let's start there. Um, and obviously LeBron James. Let me not forget the, the captain. From this team, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of names that are going to pop up again. The only names I could probably see that might not make it would probably be either DeMontis Sabonis. Obviously, Ben Simmons hasn't played, so he's not going to make it. But DeMontis Sabonis and maybe Jalen Brown or Paul George. And I feel like that's only because of injury for Paul George. 
and injury no, for Jalen Brown. They're going to let jo- Paul George make it because that team has been well enough, and he he's been dropping his numbers. I think that for me, it's it's only obviously Ben Simmons is is whatever, um, but it's going to be Demontis Sabonis and Jalen Brown for me. Like, and you have to remember, like both of these players, even though like the teams get mixed up, you still have to have a certain amount from the East and a certain amount from the West. So right. you have to remember that. So the fact that you have Jalen Brown and DeMontis Bonus, both Eastern Conference All-Stars last year, yes, Ben Simmons opens up a spot. So you have you can easily slot in a guy like DeMar DeRozan. You're in, right? Right. You still have to make room for a Zach Levine. Zach Levine's already on the list, though. Oh, he was already in last year. Okay, so yeah. you still have to make room for, for other players that are having a plus season right now. But I think and you can swap out a lot of guys already. Like even a guy like Bradley Beal, he might not make it. Especially when Jimmy didn't make it last year. Jimmy's definitely going in before. Jimmy's Beale, in, and that's what I'm saying. Jimmy's Jimmy's getting in this year for sure. Yeah. Well, let's Jimmy's go over the team Durant then. So just so we have a total understanding of the pool of the players. So we had Beal, Embiid, Irving, Leonard, Tatum, Booker, Zion Williamson as a uh, starter. Uh, no, it wasn't start reserve. Sorry, Anthony Davis. Nah, he who didn't play after the injury, though. After the injury, yeah. James Harden, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, Julius Randle, and Vucevic. So, like, even if you swap out Beal, you're gonna have to put in a guy like Butler. Um, I don't think you. I don't think you swap out Beal because, I, and I don't think Vuce makes it again. Julius Randle will be on the bubble as he was. Last, was he on the bubble last year? I feel like he should. He wasn't been. on the bubble. He was. He was. He was firmly uh, all star, and he might be an all star this year because right now he's averaging twenty ten and five despite okay, this. Okay, so yeah, he, he'll he'll probably make it again. Um. Vooch is not going to make it. So now you have four people on the eastern side that I can. I feel as if you can you can give their spots away. The question is, do we have four people? We already said Jimmy and Demar, so that's two. Yeah. Right. So now we're looking for. One. Now we're looking for two more spots that can, could potentially, and that's what I'm saying. Like you have guys like Garland, um, or Jared Allen, one of the two, but Cleveland's got to get one. Yeah, Cleveland, and you already. I I don't like how they do that. The the whole have to get it, but I I understand it. Like, because for me, it's like, all right, well, no, nah, they're playing well. They're twenty and thirteen, so it is what it is. But yeah, and in the Washington area, they're in seven. So I think I still think Beal gets it. I think Lamelo's gonna get a spot. Like the fan voting, he's gonna rack that up, and he's gonna get enough of a push between the team, like the, the, the players and the, and the, and the, you know, media. And but that's not coaches, how it works, whatever. though. That's not how it works, though. But fam, it's coaches, media, and, 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 and fans. The starters. No? For the starters. And, but then it's just coaches for the reserves. Exactly. So if he basically, if he doesn't start, you, what you're basically saying is that if he doesn't start, he doesn't get in. That's what I'm saying. But I still think he gets in regardless of whether or not he starts or not. Because that I think team, he only gets in on injury replacement, personally. I don't know. I'm a I'm a Lamelo fan, so that's that's off the top. But like, I still think if you look at his numbers, that team, he's the clear cut leader of that roster, and that roster is, has been going through turmoil like any other. Like, I understand that every team has at this point gone through it, but we can truly attest that the Hornets have gone through it. Like, they've had an outbreak to the levels of maybe a Chicago. I can only think off the top of my head who's mm. or Chicago or the Nets, but then the Nets got all their games postponed. Hornets had to just keep pushing. So it's like, you know, but I, I still think that he gets in. Um, like, I would put him in over a DeMontis Sabonis. What do you think? Definitely. 
Yeah, Definitely so. put them into. The, but the thing about it though is, it's it, okay. So I think one thing we have to consider here is first of all, um, they have to still pick a certain amount of positions, right? So you have your two, you have your starters as per usual, right? But reserves, you still need three front court, two guards, and then you need two wild cards, right? So like I'm looking at the construction of the team, and I'm saying, okay, even if they do put the mellow in, somebody's gonna have to leave, be left off. I understand Kyrie might not make it, but. There's still guys like you know what I mean like there's still guys way ahead of you. like we don't know what the state of um like Brooklyn's gonna be they're obviously gonna get two but Chicago's getting two Milwaukee might get one they might get two with Drew the way that Drew's been playing the past couple the past couple weeks like you know Miami's definitely getting one right Cleveland Philly like, there's so many teams ahead of him that they're gonna have to pull from before we reach to the bottom of the table because even a guy like Trey Young just sheer off of his numbers is probably gonna leap ahead of Lamelo. And he's been there before. You know what's always Yeah, and Trae Young didn't even make it last year, right? Exactly. And that's and another name, yeah. That, but... Remember, the first All-Star is always the hardest one. Yeah? That's what people don't forget. To get the All-Star berth is the hardest thing because Clay Thompson took, what, four years before he got his All-Star berth. But yeah, once but, you make it, I'm it's easy to like, get it. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, that it is difficult. But hype is a crazy thing. Trey Young, Young got in the first time. He was even a starter. Why? Off of the hype alone. And that's what I'm saying. Like, Trey Young's team was in, like, what? 14th place. Right. And he was a starter. So, for me, it's like, LaMelo Ball is playing basketball to that level. Obviously, the scoring isn't the same. But when you look at the totality, the rebound, the assist, the steals per game, points per game, his playing style, the flash, his fan following, like, I feel like he's going to get in in some possibility, like, some type of way. Obviously, like, if he doesn't get in, it is what it is. Like, I'm not going to say it's a travesty because obviously there's other players that would be deserving as well. Mm. But it's now and what, what time does All-Star team lock off, like, it usually ends like mid January. February or mid January is when like they mid to late January is when they usually start wrapping it up. Oh yeah, no, I'm so lying. I'm lying. They go all the way to February. What am I saying? Yeah, February. Yeah. So he has now between then to get the Hornets on some type of a roll. And I think, bro, if he can get right now, they're in what eighth or seventh place. If he can get them up to the fifth spot or the sixth spot, I think it's a lock. If he gets out of that playing discussion and looking like a, a, a playoff team, because you already know, once you get up to, up to that six, man's just going to just pencil you in as if nothing's going to change from this point on. Right. So if he gets up to that six spot, he's in. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, I get what you're saying, I guess. Um, I just want to touch a little bit on the West now. Like, I think Jaw's making it. Um, I think if Memphis gets an all-star, he has to be one. Um, but I'm looking at the rest of the West, and I'm just like, damn, the West is garbage this year. Like, there's a lot of bad teams, and they're going to have to fill 12 guys. So it's like, who are they giving the nod to? I think Cat gets in this year because he didn't make it last year. I think he gets in. Um, I don't know if the Lakers get three. They definitely don't get three. They probably get two. They probably get two. The Lakers? They get two. They probably get two. Getting two for what? I, I know LeBron's going to start, and I think AD's going to be a reserve. I don't know still. Because like, I'm looking at the look at the West. It's not too many guys out there. After you get past the first three teams that might get two each, what are we really talking about? <laughs> so, yeah, the, the late, the, okay, off the top of my head, Golden State gets Stephen, Stephen Dre. And I see Dre's even debatable because so, I've heard him being Dre's left getting off in, his... bro. Dre's getting in. I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm he, not he, arguing. He, you, I'm not the, denying he, that, but I'm saying that it's he debatable. Nah, he's, he get, fam, Dre is a, is a, is a, is a, is making one of the all NBA teams this year. 
That's cool. He is. He is making. So if he's making one of the All NBA teams, you're not telling me he's not making an All Star. But that's, team. it's he's happened in the past. Damian Lillard averaged 27 when you missed the All Star game, made All NBA team. I'm just saying. He's, make, he's making not the pens, Let's not put it down in I'm, pen. I, well, I, well, he's in pen on me. So just remember that. Um, you got Chris Paul. He's gonna make it. Devin Booker is always an injury replacement, so he'll make it through the back door. <laughs> you have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, right? So that's yeah. already like six mans. I don't know if John makes it. John makes it, man. Why does John make it? Because if Memphis is fourth, they need one, and he's actually. We just saw that. We we just saw them go go on a run without John. Yeah, but you know context don't matter in these things. They're gonna look at who's putting up twenty-four and seven. If you're gonna pencil in draw, but not here, but you're not gonna pencil in Dre. I don't know what you're saying. But hold on, you're acting like Morant wasn't wasn't penciled in before he went down. It was twenty-four and seven. He's averaging right now, and he's the leader of that team. If they go on another run and he continues playing the way he's playing, and they need one, who are they gonna choose? All right, fine, whatever. Jerry? I'm not penciling him in still. Uh, yeah, Paul George, I think is gonna make it. Jokic is gonna make it. LeBron makes it. Luca may still get into the back door because he's Luca. Cats gonna make it. Yo, I want Dejounte to make it, bro. And obviously, I'm I'm biased, but like, yo, Dejounte, he's doing something that only like two, three other players, probably only two. Like he's averaging eighteen, nine, and nine with two steals a game. Like that's all star production, bro. Shout out you, Dejounte. I'm gonna be voting for you like five times this year, but. Yeah, man. Yeah, honestly, it's gonna be it's a it's a good discussion because I feel like the league is in a place now where the young players are coming of age, and the old players are trying to hold on. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. <clears throat> like you have like the guys like LeBron, um, even Kevin Durant. You know, Draymond. <laughs> like those guys that are you know getting older but are still holding on and still providing enough value and then you have guys like the Trey Youngs, the Luca, the Tatum, Jalen Brown, you know, yeah. LaMelo Ball, John ja Morant, like those players now are coming of age and it's like this is why you know I understand that people don't want to just look at all-star games and say oh you're in the Hall of Fame versus you're not in the Hall of Fame but Honestly, once you get to like six, seven all star appearances, like it's no small feat. Right. It's no small feat because the league, especially now, I understand maybe in the early two thousands when the league was kinda of diluted with, with skill, then I, I can hear, okay, fine, whatever. But right now, bro, you make an all star in this climate of the NBA where everybody is like doing crazy stuff, it's no small feat. It's no small feat at all. So I mean we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens ultimately because it, again, at the end of the day, like it's not easy, right? Especially as a guard, it's not easy. There's so much talent in the league right now. And again, I do think, I agree with you, there is a change into the arms right now. There's that that perfect mix of, you know, the superstars that we grew up with kind of fading into the sunset, but the new guys hungry, ready to take the mantle. So I do agree. But let's transition to player of the week because we're about to hit the hour mark. Um, I'm going to go straight off the top. I got Tyrese Halliburton. Um, 44% from the field, 90% from the line, two trades a game, 21 points, four rebounds, 10 assists, three steals last week, uh, 0.7 blocks, five turnovers though. So two to one is still not the greatest turnover ratio, but you know, if you're dropping 10 dimes and dashing away five, there's guys that are giving me eight and dashing away six a la Russell Westbrook. But, <laughs> um, a little shot over there, but yeah, honestly, I think Tyler's Harburn is really proving that he's able to be a on ball guard or a lead guard. I know as coming in, well, they do this to every 
semi-good guard coming into the draft. When you're a combo guard, they wonder whether or not you're actually a lead guard or if you're off-ball guard or whether or not you're good enough to be a, a lead guard. So I think he's proven that now. He's able to show that he can run an offense and that the offense can be semi-efficient offensively. The only thing I will say is that I don't believe the hype saying that, oh, we need to trade Fox just yet. Because, again, I believe like, it. I've seen, but you see, my problem is, is if this is the best version of Tyrese Halliburton, I don't know how much success that will yield because I've but, seen but the best fam, version of Aaron This is Fox. what men's always, always, um, always get things confused, bro. Like, we're not saying trade Fox for anything. No, I understand it, but my point is, which vert, I've seen the best version of Fox and I've seen the best version of Halliburton now. Which one do I believe is more conducive to West Champion basketball? I think it's Halliburton. I say it's Halliburton. I don't think I think with the defense twenty five and seven and the elite transition scoring, I don't think you can tell tell what Halliburton's burden is doing is nice. Don't get me wrong, it's very good, but I just don't know if that's going to put me over the hump if I were to build pieces around that. To me, it's like I already know that. I already know um my guy's not getting you over the hump. Fox. I know that. I've seen it. By now, we've seen it. He's He's been in the league for long enough, and they haven't been able to amount to anything. I understand that this is also Sacramento, and Sacramento will never amount to anything. So maybe 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 Halliburton will be here two, three years from now in the same place where Fox is, and then we'll be hearing trade Halliburton. I completely understand that. But we've seen it already with Fox. So for me, it's like, if you can trade him and get, get a wing back that, you know, I'm not talking about the Mo Harkless, the Alfred Minus, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm talking about an actual wing. I'm not sure if you can get a Jalen Brown from Fox, you know what I'm saying? But you need a wing player. And, yes, those are the most valuable pieces in basketball. But yep. but Fox, as you said, Fox is what, 25 and 6? 25 he was. Six, He's playing bad 25, this season. 25, 6, and 7, whatever the hell he is. Like, he still has enough production where you can say, I've seen some people say, like, Fox for like a package from New York bringing back RJ Barry. Like that's not good enough for me. I'd rather just keep Fox. Right? But yeah. Yeah. For yeah, I hear that. So but yeah, I'm I'm in the I'm in the boat where I'm saying trade him. I'm saying trade Fox though. But I I'd rather keep Fox personally, but who's your play of the week? My play of the week is Shea Gilly. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um I can't say enough about this guy. When we're talking about the top 10 prospects in the 25 that pod and I had him like six or seven and the whole notion of why I had him I was telling you guys like this is a guy where you can't you can't go on his roster and pull three players that would start (laughs) for like for 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 a quality side for a playoff side right and that was my thing for him last why coming into the year that was my thing. This year, he struggled with his shot. His shot isn't falling to the same degree. But I would also say that the talent around him has fallen as well. So it's made it a bit harder for him to produce. You have, yes, Josh Giddy is playing well, but Josh Giddy has no offense. He's all rebounds and assists. High school his, dribble package. <laughs> yeah, he, he can't get an open shot. He's not a three-point shooter. He's not a mid-range shooter. He's not that well around the rim either. So for me, it's like his backcourt mate has no offense. His 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 you know small forward is is Lou Dort, and Lou Dort has been playing well, way above where I feel like he would have been, or you know this year. But it's still Lou Dort. You know, what I'm saying like he's still a a bench piece at best 
for a quality side. So it's like you have a guy like <laughs> like Shea in the, over the last week, 27 a game, 28 if you round up, six, seven re, six rebounds, seven assists, 1.3 steals, 1.3 blocks on 47% shooting. So and and he's not even see he's doing it from the from the three point line. He was at least not last last week. He was under uh, under a three a game, but this guy is just so crafty. He's similar to John in the sense that he can get to the paint at will. But when John is doing it above the rim, he's doing it under the rim. Yeah. You know, like he's just so crafty. He has such control of what he wants to do out there. Such control of where he wants to go to get his shot at the spot that he's demanding to be at. And again, he's doing it with nothing around him. My <laughs> campaign, I'm bro, they need to make free jaw t-shirts. Free shade. Yeah, my fault. Free shade t-shirts. Because the fact that he's actually there, wasting away his years, it's it's a travesty, bro. And oh. I understand he had to sign his contract because, you, you know, they gave him the 100 and whatever million dollars of the max deal. So you are going to sign that. But for me, it's like, do the man a solid, bro, and just trade him. Because I'm not you. You're you're obviously going to be able to trade him. You know, what I'm saying like I don't know if you would take Ben Simmons, but but, but. look at this guy. You're fucking nasty. But, <laughs> but trade the man. What bro. are you talking about? This guy shot a bad season. Get out of here. Trade the man still. Shout shout out shout out to Shade man. Yeah, Shade's been playing well, so shout out to him for fucking baller man. He's an absolute baller. Shout out to him for real, man. But we just hit that hour mark. It's been a great pod. Talked about a lot of things. Guys, feel like Chris really got some stuff off his chest here. Kept it clean, though. Kept it clean. This is going to be a story. Yeah, it's also a no look podcast, man. We're going to wrap this thing up, man. Again, shout out to Kev. Um, get well soon. Nothing serious. Nothing serious. Nothing like that, still. Um, I'm going to make some pancakes. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, our apologies. It was the holiday season. So, this episode will be one day delayed. But, you know, everybody needs some time to spend with their family. Um, so, this will be coming out Tuesday, 8 a.m., as opposed to the Monday, 8 a.m. Uh, so, again, always like, comment, share. Never hoard a good thing. Share with, with, with whoever is willing to take a listen. Um, yeah. You have anything you want to say before we wrap up? Nah, bro. We're here still. Um, last know, episode before the new year, eh? Last episode before the new year and new year's resolution. We're trying, bro. Like, we're just trying to make sure that we can get this thing in a place that, you know, it's fun. It's just fun. Like, man, it's like appointment listening. <laughs> we all have our podcasts. For the people who actually listen to pod, like, we all have our podcasts where certain things happen, and it's like, yo, I have to hear Mm-hmm. You know, you know those ones like I have to hear what so and so has to say about this, and that's like the sweet spot that I'm trying to get to for whoever, whoever the amount of people is. Like it could be fucking fifty people, bro. Like, but fifty, you know, if you build it, fifty will turn into seventy, and seventy turns into eighty, eighty turns into ninety. So it's like, yeah, bro, for the New Year's, that's that's all it is. Um, growth, yeah, growth still, but. For the man that's been rocking with us, bro, it's been like a year and a half now that we've been doing this. I would say that it's been about a year that we've been like full steam ahead, like really trying to take it serious. And about six months now where we've been trying to take it even more serious. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it, it the effort turns into into something that we can actually quantify, you know? But, right. 
sponsorships. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> but we'll yeah, see. You know, another pod, another pod down. Another pod down. Again, happy new year to all the listeners. Make sure you guys check out some stuff that we're going to do in the new year. Um, I'll have some of the podcasts available on all streaming platforms. Make sure you guys like, comment, download, subscribe, like, share, do whatever you need to do to support the content because we're really out here doing this. Waking up early mornings, delivering the content, talking about all things that are happening. So it, it doesn't go unnoticed, right? So we want to make sure that you guys understand that um, we are putting our best foot forward at all times. And next week, we'll have Ken back on the pod and we'll get into some interesting stuff. So until then, take care and we'll talk to you guys next time.